Welcome to the Rochester Rundown, a local news podcast presented by Med City Beat. Today on the show, we're going to update you on the work of the Rochester Community Initiative, a nonprofit group entirely run by Rochester high schoolers and recent alumni. Since the group's founding after the protests surrounding the murder of George Floyd in the summer, they found a permanent place in the makeup of Rochester schools. We'll detail their current projects and plans for the future coming up in just a second, plus a recap of the news of the week, including an eight-figure donation to Mayo Clinic and the park policy that has board members talking a bit of trash. I'm Isaac Janes. It's Friday, March 19th, 2021, and let's get to the news. Back on June 5th, we profiled a group of student organizers ready to protest in defense of Black lives. So keeping this conversation moving, keeping the ball rolling, um, and not only caring about Black lives when it comes to a hashtag or a trend, but continuing this concept and this conversation throughout the rest of our lives. That's the voice of Jada Croson, now a senior at Mayo High School. They were one of seven students involved in the organization of Rochester's largest Black Lives Matter protest back in June, which ended up spawning a group that now includes dozens of Rochester's public high schoolers called the Rochester Community Initiative. Thursday evening, four of RCI's leaders joined Rochester Community Advocacy Group in the city for good over Zoom, giving a recap of what RCI has done since the summer. Over the 2021 school year, RCI has blossomed into a bona fide 501c3, according to Mayo High School senior and RCI brand strategist Dominic Sinecrope. They're advocating for marginalized voices and youth representation across the city. I I think um, a lot of organizations we've worked with have seen the power of youth uh, in a lot of ways when they work with us. um, And we're really happy to be that way to kind of communicate that youth voice needs to be incorporated and amplified and you will get a lot of results um, from it. In the nine months since RCI was officially incorporated, the organization has grown in size and in stature. In December, for example, they helped facilitate a conversation with former Minnesota Supreme Court Justice and Purple People Eater Alan Page and Neil Kashkari, president of the Minneapolis Federal Reserve, on their proposed education amendment, strengthening language around education equity in the state constitution. In February, the group launched a mental health survey for Rochester residents of all ages, garnering over 900 responses in six weeks. Kassarin Mehta, another Mayo senior and RCI's logistics director, says the survey is just the first step to build a more robust mental health program in the coming months. We really wanted to do something like the mental health survey because we wanted to have lasting impact and not something that we had noticed, which was a lot more of reactionary behavior versus trying to actually figure out ways um, to solve the root of the problem. And so we went with the mental health survey because we saw it as the best opportunity to make something that was longer lasting. Perhaps their biggest project to date, though, is just getting off the ground right now. The students have created a series of lesson plans for RPS teachers to incorporate into their classes, focusing on four main topics, empathy and tolerance, equity versus equality, diversity and inclusion, and intersectionality. They're piloting some of these plans for themselves right now in virtual classrooms at Gage and Riverside Elementary Schools. Now, the students have become the teachers, which is not lost on Croson and the rest of the team. With a diverse group of students leading the charge, one of the most integral parts of these lessons is representation. It's important to teach the concepts and the lessons, of course, but students of color get to see someone that looks like them that's still in the RPS school system in a leadership position. And Croson says there's no substitute for that. 
but representation is a really big value for RCI. So we also want to show our youth, especially our BIPOC youth, that they can be in positions of power and leadership as a BIPOC person and as a youth. Um, or as um, someone who is younger. <laughs> the RCI leaders said they have members ranging from people in middle school to even college sophomores. But because it's a student-based organization, leaders will, by design, phase out over time. But as these first wave of organizers face graduation in a couple months, it seems like RCI is doing more than it ever has before. Cinecrope and the rest of the team say they hope to leave the groundwork intact for those future leaders through all the work that's been done in just a few months. It's really cool to see how much longevity this organization has um, starting all the way back in July. And I'm just really proud of the amount of work we've gotten done these past uh, almost half a year now. And now we'll look at the top stories on our site, medcitybeat.com. Twin Cities philanthropist Helene Houle has provided Mayo Clinic with a $60 million gift in honor of her late husband, John Nassif. In recognition of the contribution, Mayo will name its recently completed patient bed tower on the St. Mary's Hospital campus after Nassif, and it marks the first time the clinic has ever named a building at St. Mary's after a patient. While vaccination rates in Olmstead County continue to outpace state and national levels, COVID-19 cases in our area have followed a statewide trend slightly upward in recent days. Olmstead County Public Health reported 130 new cases of the virus this past week after identifying 106 the week before as the first week-to-week increase since December. Dr. Melanie Swift, co-chair of Mayo Clinic's COVID-19 Vaccine Allocation and Distribution Work Group, says the increase could partially be attributed to, quote, the natural impulse of people to let their guard down as cases declined and weather improved in recent weeks. And finally, Rochester Parks and Recreation plans to continue with its pack-in, pack-out trash policy indefinitely, despite concerns from some park board members about how the strategy has been received by the public. Board members estimated the new policy has cut the department's trash costs in half, from $100,000 pre-pandemic to about $45,000 this past year. Park staff did say they would continue to monitor the situation and are open to addressing specific issues as they pop up. And that's where we're going to leave it this week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, the best way to support us is to become a member. Be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeat.com slash membership. I'm Isaac James with Med City Beat. Have a great weekend, everyone. Best of luck to your brackets. And I'll talk to you next Friday.